Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you so much for joining us again today. I have got a guy that if you like motivation, if you like a guy that is going gonna, is gonna to get you excited, is going to challenge you, and is going to help you get better, these next 40 minutes of conversation you are going to want to be dialed into because I have got Coach Joe Hart. You can follow him on Twitter like I do, at Coach Joe Hart. He helps thousands of people better their lives. And, and do this in a number of different ways. I'm going to let him tell you all the things he's doing to help folks. But again, it's an honor to welcome in Joe Hart to the Intentional Encourager podcast. Coach, what's good, brother? How are you today? I'm good, man. I appreciate I appreciate the invite. I was pumped to do this. I'm always it's always fun to connect with people on Twitter and and, and to do podcasts and just just talk it out with people to see where they're from and. Um, I'm I'm super excited to be here, so I really appreciate the time. Man, it's 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 my pleasure to have you. I've been following you for a while, and the thing that I love is, and I'm going to start here with you. You always ask the question. You ask this question multiple times a day. How did you get better today? Where did that come from, and and, and what's the intent behind it? Because I look at it and I say, well, how I got better today is in XYZ, you're asking this multiple times a day because I've got a feeling that getting better is not one thing that you do, but it's it's several things that you do. So how do you, one, how did you come up with that? And two, what does that definition look like for you? You know, I'm trying to remember when I started um, doing like, because it's every day around 9 p.m. Eastern when I ask that. Sometimes it's a little bit later because usually I, I I tweet that out right after I get done coaching at the, at the gym I work at. And, you know, you kind of figure out like how some people have these punchlines that they say numerous times. And I almost felt like this could be something that could be something that I say um, on a daily basis, but it's something that people could strive for. So um, I don't know initially how it got started. I don't remember the details, but I can remember tweeting that out and people would find, oh, I, it, I didn't get better today, or I did this, I made my first sale, I went to the gym. And I thought, you know what, let's make this a consistent thing because if I can, just a tweet, just putting something out there, challenging people, hey, did, did you get better today? And it's not, uh, some people think it's a, a way to get engagement, but in reality, it's a way to almost hold people account people accountable that I don't know right? Because I don't know all my followers on, on a personal level. So um, I've had countless messages of people like say, hey, I, I look forward to you like putting that out because, you know, I get to say that I did get better today. And kind of like what you were talking about <clears throat> um, as far as improving, like a lot of people think that they have to improve by like 10% or 50% a day in multiple aspects of life. When in reality, like the goal is like just a small, tiny percentage, like one-tenth of one percent, 
And it doesn't have to be across 10 different <clears throat> aspects of your life. You know something? I, I, I got to jump in there, man. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. You're a coach. Obviously, athletics has been a big part of your life. I, I've been around athletics the bulk of my life and follow it. I love what you said there. It's not a team, and, 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 and as we record this, the Super Bowl was two days ago. Right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers made one key offensive change in, in, in their team. Now, granted, they added Leonard Fournette a running back. Right. The key offensive change that they made, they didn't change their wide receivers. They lost their tight end, O.J. Howard. He was out for the season. But the single biggest offensive change that they made was the guy under center. And right. that, was, that was Tom Brady. The, they, they changed one part, ended up winning a Super Bowl. Sometimes in life, Coach, it's one play that, that wins a game. It's right. not, it's not a, it's not, well, you know, we won by 40. You don't have to win by 40, man. The rules say you win by one. You win by right. one point. And I love what you said there, man. I had to dial in on that because you're so right. A lot of people think that change or, or improvement has to be in bulk increments when really it can just come if you did one thing better today than you did yesterday. How important is it to get people over the mindset of bulk improvement versus singular improvement? I think um, I think this could go a lot of different ways, and I talk about it a lot. Um, and I, I, I refer it back to, like, social media and, like, the power we have. Like, you know, we all have a phone, and, you know, we have it, any question you can pretty much ask, right? You could type it in on your phone and you're going to get an answer within seconds. Yeah. Um, we're used to being bombarded with, it could be news, it could be updates, it could be, you know, sports stories, it could be finance, it could be anything you want it to be, right? Um, so we're used to these fast, quick results. And so because we can look up if our, if our team won, what the weather's going to be, what the stock market looks like, and what's trending on Twitter in a matter of two minutes. We're used to this fast-paced technology that we have access to. And so when people go about like improving their overall life, um, they're used to this fast-paced environment that they think that these changes should be fast-paced and they should happen overnight. And I always say like people overestimate what they can do in a week or a month, but they end up underestimating what they can do in a year. And so, like, a year sounds like a long time to people, but as you get older, I mean, the years fly by even faster. And, you know, my main focus is, um, I think, the comparison of yourself to who you were in the past is the, is the only comparison you should make. Um, I don't compare myself to other people. Um, when I did do this, um, I found myself discouraged, disappointed, and what I was doing, and this is not too long ago, this is three or four years ago. Um, I was comparing myself to people I graduated college with, my, my friends from high school, what were they doing? They were running this business, they got this promotion, they were having kids, they were married. And it was an, an easy outlet to become down on myself. 
when in reality, all it took was for me to take a look at the mirror and say, you know what, no more comparisons to, to them. I care yeah. about them and I care about other people, but I'm going to focus on me because if I focus on me and I can change my life, then I can effectively help other people potentially change their life if they want to. Because if, if you're unhappy, you can't really make other people happy. That's exactly right, man. I, I, I love that you said that because I always tell people, I say, look, encouragement is something you're going to give a ton of and not get a ton back. And right. so it's counterintuitive, coach, to what people – what what to you to your point about being bombarded with fast quick results it's counterintuitive to that and here's something else that i say you cannot encourage or coach or motivate anybody else unless you're encouraged and coached and motivated yourself it has to start inwardly before it starts outwardly what do you think is the number one though when you when you coach clients what is the number one detriment that stands in their way from going from where they are and just taking one step toward where they want to be and improving themselves. What, what's the one thing that, that stands in people's way? Um, oh, I'm going to go with like the comparison to like, well, I, I would say when people first start, right. They say, Oh, I, I did this but so-and-so did this. Um, and so what they're doing is they're comparing their day one to like someone's year five. Yeah. And, and they haven't gone through the process. Also, I think it's, it's a confidence. There's, there's a lack of confidence and there's a, an unfortunate, an unfortunate amount of like caring about what other people are going to think. Right, because when you decide to improve and, and take the steps necessary to try to go against what you've been doing for the past five, 10, 15 years, yeah. and you're trying to improve your life in one, two, or five ways, you're gonna lose some people along the way because they're not gonna understand. You're going to have to sacrifice um, some time that you would normally spend hanging out with people. You're gonna have to, you know, work on yourself and a lot of people are uncomfortable with the with the fact that they may have to sacrifice something well let's and think so about it for a minute man i didn't mean to interrupt you but i'm, I'm well, thinking about the comparison we talked about a few minutes ago with tom brady the reason that dude is played until he's 43 years old, and i'll be 49 in august he is playing he won his seventh super bowl right. he's 43 years old he has determined for the last 20 years of his life, he is not going to train like everybody else trains. He's not going to eat what everybody else eats. He's not going to do what everybody else does. He has decided for better or worse, he is going to go all in on the things that, that he wants to do for his longevity and his career and what, how long he wants to play. And listen, man, the way he played Sunday – he very likely could play another three or four years if he wants to play, as long as he's got an offensive line that will keep him upright and will right. protect him and, and give him time to do the things he's done. And I love what you said there, losing people along the way to get better. That's a hard thing for people to get past because I'm by nature a connector. 
right. I, I, I want to bring people in. But I love what you said there about sometimes even having those noble pursuits in getting better, you're just going to naturally, it's like NASCAR, man. You're just naturally going to pass guys on the way to the finish line if that's what you want to do. How do you coach your clients past that, oh, my gosh, I don't want to become somebody else and lose who I am to get better. But in reality, coach, that's going to happen when you decide to grow and do things differently. How do you get people past that mindset? So this is, I, this comes along with like, so I coach competitive all-star cheerleading. I've been doing it for, uh, I think this is year 12. This is my 12th year of coaching. And that and is, is an ultra competitive world, by the way. That is, it is. it's a whole different world. And I think a lot of people, um, they think of cheerleading as, you know, sideline football and it's completely different especially when you're dealing with you know um youth you know anywhere from five to 18 years old is what i coach so but i deal with this a lot and um you know i tell athletes um and we just actually had this talk with um with a couple of the teams that i coached this week and the last week it's my goal as a coach um do I want you guys to win? Absolutely. Cause I hate losing. I don't like losing at anything. It could be playing rummy with my wife. I don't yeah. like losing at anything. Yeah. Right. But what I care more about is helping you become the best athlete that you can potentially be and being the best version of yourself. And when you guys all collectively work together, that's when the magic happens. So if everyone wants something, they typically win. Um, I've coached some great teams that have done extremely well and the winning that happens when everyone else wants to put in equivalent effort. Um, but I do, you know, I've had a couple athletes this year have gone through, you know, between lockdown and, and, you know, people having to stay home, you can see that it's taken a mental toll on people and especially the younger generation. And so, some of these kids have dealt with some stuff that they normally wouldn't deal with um, or just kind of self-doubting themselves. Maybe it's because they, they're lacking as much interaction as they used to get when they were going to school every day. Yeah. And so like one particular athlete uh, is doubting herself a little bit in her ability with her tumbling, but she's one of the most talented athletes that I've ever coached, but she's going through a slight mental block at the moment. So it's, it's constantly doing positive reinforcement of, hey, what are your goals? What do you want to do this season? Like, what are you trying to get to? What do you want to do in the next five years? And say, you know, I, I tell her, and she wrote this on her, her little whiteboard or dream board, whatever she calls it. And I said, don't, um, what, did it, what did it say? It said, um, stop, stop giving yourself excuses. That's all it was. Stop giving yourself excuses. And I said, you can be the nicest person. You can be the most talented athlete. You can be um, the most giving. You can help the most people you've ever helped or anyone's ever helped. But people are still going to hate on you. They're still going to talk about you no matter what. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I tell her specifically and anyone else, I'm like, 
that's the noise that you got to ignore. And this really comes down to a mentality thing. Um, mentality really affects your overall quality of life. And so being mental toughness is something that's developed. I don't think it's just, you're not born with it. Um, and it's something that I've focused on every day for, you know, the past four or five years. Um, you know, I get some hate on Twitter, especially over the past 24 hours. Um, it's been a little wild out there. Um, but I just, I don't worry about what other people think of me. Um, I focus on what, who am, who can I help today? What can I, how can I help them? And is there someone that's struggling that if they just tweaked one or two things would make all the difference? And then, you know, for people who want extra advice or what I've gone through, I let them know. Um, I can tell them that really just eliminating um, the negative opinions of others on yourself is going to, will completely change your life. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of negative people out there. There's a lot of negativity in the world but if you focus on you and you focus on the positive stuff that's going on in your life rather than the negative you're going to live a much more happy and fulfilled life in general absolutely absolutely let's step aside take a break back in a moment with more on the intentional encourager podcast Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Coach, let's let's start let's start to tell your story. The and, and I love your story. I I, I would I'm kind of in my mind thinking, okay, so let, let's go here for a second. Let's go here for a second. You have helped transform a lot of people's lives. And if, and if you want to hold this back until you tell your story, the things you've gone through in your life, perfectly fine. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what you're doing now as far as not only working with competitive cheerleaders, but you're also coaching people to be their own entrepreneurs in what you're doing with the art of flipping. And, and I got to tell you, the, the things that I've seen on social media are just astounding, the, the things you're helping people do. How did you get into that, first of all? But second of all, was there an unintended benefit that came from it that you said, man, I had no idea this was going to come from what I'm doing and teaching people how to flip? Yeah, so... Um... I started flipping stuff three or four years ago. Um, it was right when I, about a year after I moved to New Jersey, um, I started working at a coin auctioning company. Um, so I was doing their marketing and I was shipping out their orders for them. 
and I was looking at, we were ordering product, you know, from coins, new, old numismatic dollars, $20 bills, gold backed currency. And I was looking and I was like, wow, we're buying this for this and we're selling it for X amount of dollars or X amount percentage over what we paid for. And at the same time, I was at the, I was listening to some Gary Vee, which I like Gary Vee. Um, he, he's motivating. He's, he's got a hustler mentality, but I think most people can't hustle like him. So, but at the time it was like what I was listening to while I was working. So it passed the time and he was talking about flipping stuff. Like, well, listen, you talked about just, you, you talked about it and man, I, I, I'm sorry to jump in there, but, but this, you hit on something there. You were talking just a couple of minutes ago about having that mindset, right? About stopping making excuses. And Gary V, the thing about Gary V is, man, his mind is constantly iterating. His mind is constantly saying, people tell me I can't do this. Let me see if I can figure out a better way to do it. Right. As you were going through that process in your mind, what what were you thinking about? Like, was it almost like a revelation to you? Like, man, this is this could change my life if I could figure out a way to do this to that level right so like with my job i was you know getting paid per hour and i was like okay well i have enough money at right now to pay some bills but like i have this debt so i need to increase my income but i was already working there full time and coaching so between 65 to 70 hours a week i didn't want to put in more hours per se for someone else so he was talking, Gary B was talking about like just buying coffee mugs from garage sales and flipping them. And I thought, man, I could do that. Like I could go on a Saturday morning before I go coach, hit a couple of yard sales. If I find anything great, if I don't, you know, it is what it is. So I started doing that. I just, and I started picking up stuff from yard sales, thrift stores, garage sales. And there's something, it's, you gotta experience it. There's something like, paying like a quarter or a dollar for something and selling it for 20 bucks online that it's just a weird phenomenon that is is a cool feeling and so i started doing that and so what i started doing was using the money that i was making from flipping to help pay off my debt and i ended up doing that in about um i, I was about eight thousand dollars in debt and i think i ended up doing that paying all of it off in about four months so that's when I started thinking, but then I was on Twitter. I thought, I wonder if other people would be interested in this. So I ended up running a poll um, one day and saying, if I created something, how I'm making money from flipping, would people be interested? And 80% of people said yes. And I thought, wow, I'll just create it. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to yeah. try it. Yeah. And so... I created the art of flipping. I released it January 24th of 2019. I'll never forget it because that's the first day I made my first online sale with an e-product. And when that sale came through, I thought, wow, this is this is crazy. Like someone off the internet who has no idea who I am, never met me in person, bought this off me. And it's funny, that person is actually one of my moderators now for my reseller group. But we'll get back to that. Yeah. So it's, uh, 
that's how it started. And I, you know, continued to flip, showed people what I was flipping from different estate sales, garage sales. And then last year, the pandemic, you know, hit, things started getting shut down. And I started to pick up on things at retail stores that were selling for decent money. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if I started a reseller group, like, would people be interested? I yeah. thought, you know, we'll just, it'd be cool to have. Because people there, there, people are always in an appetite to buy, even in a, in a, even in a recession, even in a pandemic, people are always having the appetite to buy because the thing of it is coach is that people were still buying products from retail outlets in a lot of cases they just either weren't able to go or or were gun shy about going because you know of being around large crowds and and, and I think retailers and and we saw this at, at the mall that I live about six minutes away from a mall I walked through the other night with my wife and I and and that mall has been open for 40 years mm-hmm I've never seen the amount of open retail space in that mall that exists right now because people are just shifting their priorities to buying online. They're still buying things. To your point, man, they're still buying. When you were in the – I got to go here for just a minute. Were you more excited about the money you were making or the debt you were paying off? Because I got to think that – the impetus, what you said was, hey, I wanted a way to pay off eight. I had $8,000 worth of debt. And some people, coach, would say, man, I'm more excited about getting rid of that debt. What was it for you? Was it making money or getting rid of the debt that was your fuel? I think it was a combination, to be honest. Um, although, like, you know, like, let's say when I would make a $1,000 payment, it was like, in my mind, I was like, oh man, I'm about to spend a thousand dollars on a, on a credit card payment. But at the same time, you got this kind of high when you make that payment and the next day you see that your balance goes down by a thousand and you're like, okay, well, I just need to do this seven more times. Right. And so it was a combination of both. It was like, okay, I'm making money, like just buying stuff that people have no idea what they have and I'm paying off my debt. So if I can get to debt free, then I could focus on like spending a little bit more time on this. And then I could start teaching people, whoever wants to learn how to do the same thing. And so that's what happened with um, the research group PFP, which is products for profit. Um, we started it at the end of March of last year. And I had a goal of having 50 to hundred people. Like I thought it'd be cool to have 50 or hundred people in it. And it grew extremely fast. We're still, yeah. we're about 10 months in and we're at about 1300 members now. And see and, what you're doing, man, is you're just, you're giving people, you're giving people intentional encouragement. You're giving people hope. You're fueling them to say, Hey, look, you can, if, if you want to keep working your full-time job, God love you. Yep. If you want to do this and you want to take it to the next level, Take me to that moment. I have to assume that it was it did well enough for you that you were able to leave the coin auction company that you were with. 
what was that moment like for you when you did, when you quit your real job and, and decided, man, I it's time to take this all in? What was that moment like for you, Coach? Now I can say, so I um, I got let go of that job back in. That was May of 2019. So this is almost a, almost a year before like the reseller group started. Business wasn't going well for them um, at the time. They were having some back-end issues and I knew that I was technically their highest paid employee just because um, I had been there for a decent amount of time and I showed up consistently. And I went in on a Friday to, to start my normal work of shipping out orders and doing email marketing for the weekend auction. And um, one of the owners pulled me aside and said, hey, just business isn't good. We got to let you go. And I was already actually planning on leaving later on that summer, but I said, okay. And she asked me if I was going to be all right. And I said, yes, ma'am. Good luck with everything. And I left. And... It was one of the most happy days of my life. And it's, it sounds crazy, but it felt like for the first time in a while, I had control of like, okay, well, this is a little nerve wracking, but like now I, I have time to do, I can spend more time doing what I enjoy on the side, like flipping stuff and, you know, scouring Facebook marketplace and going to these thrift stores. I was excited. I jammed out in my car on the way home. My wife was freaked out. She was like, how are we going to pay bills? I was like, we already make enough. I make enough on social media right now to where we break even. So everything else is just gravy. So um, it was a little nerve wracking, but it was one of the best days of my life. And, it, and from that point on, it, it, it changed. Um, and before, there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five job. I yeah. worked many. Um, it just me, I get bored easy. Um, I would be at a job nine to five for a couple of years and think this, I got to try something new and I move on to something else. Um, but like for me, like being able to have my own time, um, you know, I was, I tweeted out like I've been buying these uh, NBA hoops, uh, hanger boxes. Um, I've been, sniping those off eBay because I'll hold on to them for three or four months and hopefully double what I've spent on them. I mean, to me, that's exciting. Yeah. And I'd rather spend my time doing that than um, working at a coin auctioning company or working insurance. Um, but, but to each their own. Um, some people, I don't think everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. I don't think everyone should be an entrepreneur. And I still, it's hard to consider myself that because I don't really think that way I think of just as a person who wanted to change my own life so I just went after it but I think it's important for people not to rely on one source of income because just like me you never know when that's going to go away you never know if you're going to walk into work one day and, and be let go because business is bad or you know they're shutting down so yeah absolutely Let's step aside, take a quick break. We come back, we'll tell Coach Joe's incredible story. You're going to want to hear what this man has gone through, overcome, things like that. We're going to take a quick break. Back in a moment on the Intentional Encourager Podcast. Hey, 
Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I want you to go check out my new book, People Buy From People. 10 powerful people lessons from the ultimate people person, my dad. My dad was the ultimate connector and the ultimate intentional encourager. And he shared with me 10 connecting lessons that I'm gonna share with you in this book, interwoven with stories and personal anecdotes that will help you really see what connecting is truly all about. If you wanna be a more powerful, stronger, deeper connector, whether you're in ministry or leadership or sales, you own a business, whatever you want to do that connects you with people and you want to connect with them stronger, deeper, and more powerfully, People Buy From People is for you. I want you to go to amazon.com and search People Buy From People, Brian Sexton. And it's available in paperback and Kindle and coming soon, excited about this, coming soon to Audible. Thank you in advance for picking up a copy of People Buy From People. And now let's get back to a great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Coach, we got to get into your story. We really, you know, I've been holding on. I wanted to talk to you about the flipping, the the, the art of flipping. And I'm so glad you, you, you shared that. That was, that was so cool hearing your story. First person perspective. Take me as far back as you want to take me from point A to point B. And, and you know, just talk about your life story, some of the things you've overcome and, and things like that. Um, I would say I would have a, I, I don't have anything like too crazy about my life. Um, I grew up in Georgia. Um, I have a brother and sister. Um, my parents got divorced when I was, I believe I was 13 years old. And so being a product of divorce, it was kind of, that was interesting because a lot of people go through that now. Um, I forget what the percentage of divorce is. Divorce rate is at 60% or something outrageous. But um, I can remember when my parents told me I was very confused because I, growing up, I never saw my parents fight, not one time. And so I was very confused at why it was happening. Um, but I am blessed because through their divorce, it was, I don't think divorce is a good thing, but their divorce is one of the best divorces that could happen because they actually both always lived close to each other so that we could still attend the same school. They always support each other. Um, my dad helped my mom, even after the divorce, get, help her get through dental hygiene school. And like at holidays, when we all come home for whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or something else, we all still hang out together. So for me, like the divorce could have been way worse. It could have been out of hate and spite, but they still loved each other and still put myself and my brother and sister first. So I am thankful for that. So it could have been a lot worse as far as divorce goes. But so it was a product of, you know, later on divorced family, but um, growing up, I played baseball my whole life. And my sophomore year, I finished out on varsity. We uh, made the final four in state. And um, after that, I decided that I didn't want to play baseball anymore. I liked it. I didn't love it. And so I started working at Dole's Gym. I was a, essentially a, a janitor. They called me a floor associate, but I was just cleaning um, and so I started working when I was 16, uh, worked five days a week, um, 
you know, did that. I missed out on a lot of stuff like football games, like, you know, high schoolers love going to football games and stuff. But I Especially think, in Georgia, man. It's, yeah. Football's big there. Football is big. And so I missed out on that, but I didn't felt I didn't feel like I missed out because I was like, okay, well, I'm setting the base on what I not that I want to work at Gold's Gym the rest of my life, but like I enjoy working hard. I enjoy like working, you know, these hours, meeting some people, training with some people, and, and getting paid for it. For me, that was fun. And so while some people saw it as I missed out on on something, I see it as it built the base for who um, I am today. And so I ended up going off to college, the University of Dayton in Ohio. And my freshman year, within the first month or so, I ended up joining the cheer team, which I never thought I would do. Um, they have a day where you have like these student clubs and organizations put out tables on like one of the fields and, you know, it's a way that you can volunteer your time or get involved um, with different groups on campus. And um, one of my friends called me and goes, hey man, um, I just signed up for, for cheerleading. You should, you should try it. And I was like, dude, there's no way I'm doing that. Absolutely not. No way. Yeah. And he goes, just come down here. I think you'll like, I mean, the girls are cute. And I was like, well, we, we may, it's worth a shot. Like, let's, let's go down there. Why not? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, like where your head was at at 18 years yeah, old. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Um, I went down there and one of the guys, he goes, are you interested in doing this? Or would you be interested? And said, honestly, like, I have no experience doing any of this whatsoever. And he goes, you don't need experience. We can teach you. And so I went to practice the following week. One of the most awkward times I've ever felt. It was just very different than what I was expecting. Um, but I stuck with it. I uh, ended up becoming low-key obsessed. There was something about the physicality of like stunting and tumbling and, and working out um, to be prepared to, to do what I needed to do. And I became obsessed with that. I ended up being captain of the team my senior year. And while I was in college, I started working at a couple different gyms in the area and, and learning how to coach tumbling, learning how to coach cheerleading. And that opened up a lot of opportunities for me. Um, I've coached in four different states now, um, just based on where I moved to or moved from. And um, it's really been a huge blessing. Um, just that one decision to try out like cheerleading in college um, allowed me to coach hundreds of athletes and to make awesome memories with people and coaches and to see, um, watch athletes grow and to see them succeed and and conquer goals that they set for themselves, and I got to be a part of that. And to me, that was that's the huge that's a huge blessing. I there's so many good memories I have. It's time consuming. It's frustrating. Yeah. You know, I have to yell on occasion, um, test my patience. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. We would say, we would say, and, and I don't know if you can do this with a young lady, but we would say, and, and I've worked around, you know, keep, keeping book and being active around when my son was in high school, uh, his basketball team. In fact, I'm rocking their 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 logo shirt, but we would call it getting in, in a kid's shorts. 
down here right. in West Virginia. We like we you got to get into kids' shorts. And, but but again, it's a part of making them better. And and great athletes want to be coached. They want to they want somebody to drive them and push them. I've got to ask you real quick, coach. Take me through the biggest obstacle that you faced in your life, whether it's personal or professional. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from it? This is going to be a little different because I can't say I can't say it's going to be a specific moment, but it was when I actually it was re, actually right when I got to New Jersey, I was just recently married, and honestly, the biz, biggest obstacle for me was myself because I was attempting to day trade and I lost money. And I was feeling really down on myself. I was feeling really negative. Um, and this kind of goes into the whole comparison, comparison, comparison to others. And I was feeling like very blah, going through the motions, not excited to wake up in the day and just wondering like, why do I feel this way? And so I can't say like, you know, other people have gone through much more difficult situations than I have. Um, but for me, like I was dealing with this mental instability of figuring out if I had a legitimate purpose or not. And so, and that wasn't very long ago. That was probably four years ago. Yeah. So, and, you know, one day I just, you know, I looked in the mirror and I was like, this is, this is no one else's fault. This isn't God's fault. This isn't my parents' fault. This isn't my brother or sister's fault. Like, this is a me fault because I have the capability and gifts and talents to do whatever I want. And I'm sitting here moping for no reason other than life gets tough sometimes. Yeah. So it was at that moment that I said, you know, screw it. Like, I don't care what people think about me anymore. I don't care what other people are doing. I'll support them, but I'm going to focus on me. And from then on, um, it was a hard process. It's a long process. It's an ever going process. But from then on, my life's changed. Um, I'm happy to get up in the morning. I'm excited. Yeah. I love going to work out. I love coaching. Um, I like seeing people get win, whether it's a small win or a big win. i like seeing people get better. I thrive on seeing people get better. Yeah. Well, you have to decide, and that's the thing, Joe, you have to decide what, what your purpose is and be all in on it. Otherwise, everybody is going to give you, and, and that's, what I, that's what I say to people all the time. When you're going through something, you don't need more expertise because more expertise just rattles around in your brain. But encouragement actually opens your mind and you go, yeah, that that's possible. Right. That, that, that's, that gives me something to strive for. So in that vein, share with the folks your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. Honestly, um, whatever you're trying to accomplish, whatever you're trying to do, or whatever you envision your life, I would just tell you, tell anyone, just start. Start and figure out the pieces along the way. 
people are so scared to fail or so nervous about what other people are going to think if they fail that they never start at all, which in itself is failing. And so just start. Obstacles were meant to be overcome. They're not meant to hold you back. So just start. And when, when something comes along that's going to be a bump in the road, ask, ask for help if you need it. Figure out a way to get around it, to get over it, to build a bridge over it, and keep it moving forward. There's always going to be obstacles in your life, um, but I think people allow the fear of failing to prevent them from living out or becoming the person who they're supposed to be. Yeah. Man, that's so good. Just start figure and figure it out. Long. Listen, man, I tell people all the time, Coach, I, I say, look, if I could go back a year ago and and say, man, you know, I should have done, because that's what I did with the podcast. I, I, I did what I thought I knew to do. And I'm like, you know, if I could go back a year ago, I'd totally do things differently. Right. I'd be a hundred. I do. I think things a hundred percent differently. You just have to figure it out along the way, man. What, what tremendous encouragement. Thank you for that. Tell folks how they can connect with you. Cause I'm, I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you. And again, um, if you want to pick up a little extra money on the side, you know, th this guy can help you do it. Coach Joe, tell po folks how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, um, my main platform um, that I'm on is Twitter. So that's uh, at the coach Joe, I believe. Let me, let me double check that. And make sure yeah, I was, I was, I, I needed to, to pull that one up myself. I'm, I, yeah. Anyway. All right. I'm sorry. It's at coach Joe Hart. Um, I'm also on Instagram. And that is the underscore coach underscore Joe. Um, and then also have an email list that I send an occasional email to. That's in my bio on Twitter. But those are my two main platforms. Um, but Twitter is the one I'm most active on. Yeah, that, again, I had to kind of look at that myself and and uh, and see that. Because I want folks to reach out to you and connect with you. And, man, this has been so much fun. I've been looking forward to this because I've been following you for a good while. And, um you know, connect with him again. Um, if you want to do something a little bit different, um, I, I, I bought the art of flipping, um, and, and, um, he retired it back in December. And I was like, I got to get this before he retired it. So I have, I have, uh, I have gotten this before he retired it, but reach out to him. If you want to get involved and do some of that, mention the group on Facebook, if, if, if you would, I mean, you mentioned the, the reseller group, if, if folks are interested in, in possibly checking out that site as well, too. Yeah. Um, it's uh, just called Products for Profit. It's on Gumroad. And, um, you know, it's a subscription-based. It's a monthly fee, but you're going to have access to myself and 10 other moderators. Uh, we got a great community going. We're relative in – we have a U.S. group, a Canadian group, and a U.K. group. Yeah. And um, we got some exciting stuff coming along for this year. So um, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, it's been a an amazing journey. I've learned a lot about myself, and I've learned a lot about people. Um, but it, it's going to be a profitable year for a lot of people. I'm excited for them. I believe 100%. I believe 100% it, it's going to be. Coach Joe Hart, man, what a blast this has been being with you today, man. I appreciate you joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate the invite. Really enjoyed it. Was looking forward to it. And I'm excited, man. Thanks again.
My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll enjoy all the other episodes of the Intentional Encourager podcast, releasing each Tuesday and Friday. You can get those by subscribing wherever you get podcasts. Until next time, remember, anyone, at any time, any place, can be an intentional encourager.